Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50 with Dallas and Michael. Today, we're here to talk about the two biggest problems in our retirement system. Michael, your topic. Look, Dallas, usually we look outwards <laughs> at this time. We, I was about to say, we're normally very big on saying what's in our control, what can we, what can we do about the situation. Now here you're just you're just going to go on a rant about the the the, the dreaded ATO. Is this what this is? This is well, I, I like to make them the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. But in this case, yeah. um, collectively, I think yeah. as Australians, we need to blame ourselves. Yeah. We need to look inwards. Yeah. So the two biggest problems with our retirement system, um, number one, I think, is that it's it's a it's a general belief that it's something that the government. Takes care, takes care of, of or should be taken care of. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good, and the way that you just phrase it, it's a, it's a belief because it's not reality. The, 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 the government, uh, we, we've talked about it in the government, it's just a collection of people, but mm. our, our legislation, our rules in Australia have made it very clear that that our our system, our retirement saving system is, is designed for self-funded retirees. It's designed mm. for people to save for their own retirement. Uh, and it's designed for people to be self-funded in retirement. It's it's really gone away from, especially in the last, you know, say, 30 years, with the rise of superannuation as the the, the real uh, retirement saving system for for most people. It's that it's designed to be something that you fund your own retirement. It's it's really gone away from the age pension model of you reach a certain age, you get a set amount. So. I think, I think the problem is because it's legislated yeah. that there's a 9.5% yeah. super contribution on your wages. Yeah. People see that as something the government is in control of or yeah, something right. they don't have to take yeah. um, a vested interest into yeah. or something yeah. that's going to I, take I care of them. That's, that's a really good um, point too because you can understand why people go, well, if the government has set that at 9.5%, that must be the amount that is required to fund yeah. my retirement. And if I needed to do more than that, then the government would, they would make the super rate more than that. And yeah, so, and I mean, you look at you look at other countries, um, America, yeah. I mean, we listen to a lot of podcasts yeah. uh, about um, American financial advisors and, yeah. and, and so forth. And yeah. the system's different over there. Yeah. So, um, to get a contribution from your employer, you actually have, you have to, to make, make a contribution. Yeah. Yep. So the, the, your employer will match your yep. contribution up yep. until a certain point. Yep. If you make zero uh, percent contribution, you get, you get nothing. Yeah. So so it just seems that individuals over there, workers over there, um, people over there, uh, have much more of a, a self onus yep. on taking charge and taking control yep. of their own retirement. Now there's plenty that don't, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but. I think more so in Australia. Um, number one, we've had this 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 acceptance that it's something that the government takes care of because superannuation yep. is legislated that nine point five percent as a minimum will yep. be paid on your wages, and and and, um, and and that leads to number two, which is the point number two or problem number two, which is because of point number one, we we have so much apathy by individuals and disinterest 
in yeah. saving for their retirement yeah. or even looking at their retirement. <clears throat> yeah, um, that's right. Until I, I, they get to a situation yeah. where they think it's too late. It's generally not, yeah. but, but that, that, that age bracket is usually about age 55. So, yes. so people that's tend right. to wake up on their 55th birthday and think, gee, yeah. I only have 10 years to go yeah. to work. Um, I really need to start looking at this now. And I think that that's um, really that both of those things are driven by, if you look at most human beings, what we do is we, we look around, when you're young, you look at your parents and you sort of follow their lead. So in Australia, yeah. we've, so that you, you know, if you look at someone who's 60 now, 55 now, their parents' generation, that, that was retirement planning, was I, I'll reach 65, I'll, mm. I'll get the age pension. It's a pretty good level of, you know, I'll, I'll have some other savings that I can supplement the age pension with, but. I will predominantly live on the age pension, and that will—that's sort of—that was the retirement plan: is that you paid your taxes for the, you know, the 30, 40 years you worked for, and then you got age pension, and that was it. Whereas, and I think we still have that approach: is that it's kind of a—we we always plan for. There's a, a saying in, in in something that I read the other day: we plan for our parents' retirement, and it's it's dead right. It's it's we look at our parents yeah. and their retirement, and we go, I need a plan for that when. Realistically, the rules have completely changed. The whole system has completely changed. If you plan for your parents' retirement, you are setting yourself up to fail. Well, the stimulus is quite different now. Um, you know, if you look at, at people that are retiring now, their parents are 90. Yeah. Um, not many of those people have travelled overseas. That's it. That's probably uh, another big part of it as well, <laughs> is that even if you do get that full age pension, you know, and, and for those people who are, were retired, you know, at 65 and are now mm. 90, yeah, they, they didn't have. They had no plans to travel overseas in the in the no. early years of retirement. They, you know, they they weren't. You know, they didn't want the a new car every every few years. They didn't want a lot of the things that we sort of that we do want now. And that's it's not to say that we shouldn't want those things. It's just to say that we, you can't look at that that whole system and go, well, why can't we just have that? It's because what we actually what we want and what we want to pay for are, are very different things compared to our parents. Yeah, look, people are shocked when when. I look at the first three years of their retirement. So yeah. uh, we're in 2020 now. Imagine you retired at the start of 2018. Yeah. And we're now coming towards the end of 2020. People are shocked when I say to them, you will have spent a quarter of a million dollars yeah. over that period of time. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. A quarter of a million dollars yeah. is like a massive amount of money. Yeah. But, but that's, that's the reality of the average um, amount of income that someone will need to draw over th the first three years of their retirement, yeah. about a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, so people are really, really shocked by that. Now, um, the good news is that you know, we're talking about the two big problems with our retirement system, as in something the government takes care of or, or a belief that something yeah. the government takes care of. And number two, apathy by individuals and disinterest by individuals. Um, if you're hearing these words, that means you're taking yeah. an interest. Yeah. Well, so the, good, um, yeah. the good news is the very, yeah, um, you've either started to take interest yeah. or you've, you yeah. are taking interest. Um, you, yeah. you, you're taking control you, you're of You're starting your... to look at, yeah. at, at, at some of these things. So yeah. the problem is completely solvable. Yeah. Solvable within yeah. a relatively short, short period of time, of time yeah. as in 10 years for yeah. most people. So, yeah. so, so people come to us at 55 um, and they're on on the trajectory to have um, quite a quite a problem yeah funding their retirement mm -hmm. in that relatively short period of time yeah 
uh, it's we, we talk all the time how it's it's a short period of time, but it's long enough to make a difference. Yeah. In that relatively short period of time, yeah, we can we can solve that problem, mm. and we can have the situation where they some mere ten years later. Uh, they're in the situation where they've been able to take control of their own retirement, yeah, and they've been able to to be in the position to live a very, very um, healthy uh, retirement that's full of choices. Yeah, and that, that's a um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because there are really two approaches to take if you're fifty five or sixty and you've got you know five or ten years to go in retirement. The, the two approaches are either well. If I can't do what I want in retirement, it's the government's fault and there's nothing that I can do now anyway and it's all too late and I'll, I'll point the finger at the government when, when that time comes. Or it's, I'm here now, I've got this many years to go, what can I take control of? What can I, what can I do to make a difference between now and my retirement? And that's, I think, whichever, whichever decision you make there or whichever belief you have, it's true, if that makes sense. I, I heard another great saying the other day, which is that, if you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. Yeah. And so if you argue that, <laughs> good well, one. it's out of my control and there's nothing I can do about it, you're yeah. dead right. There is nothing you can there do about it, it yeah. because that's, that's the approach that you're taking. And it's not to say that this isn't some woo-woo, the secret type thing where if you visualize your dream retirement, no, no, it's just, it's just work. It's just steps that you need to take. It, it is steps that you need to take. So, you, yeah, but, I mean, but, you have to do more than obviously just think about it yeah, or but, have but a frame think, of mind about it. But, but you, you're dead right is that step one is, is to realize that these are the, these are the biggest issues is that, and, and to change that perception of that is to realize that whether you agree with our retirement savings system, whether you agree with what our government um, has done or is doing, doesn't matter. That's the reality of it. That's how it is. You can either you can either complain about it, or you can go. This is this is how it is. This is the rules. This is this is what I have to work around. Yeah. Look, and I, I can tell you that that our retirement system uh, is the envy of the the, the Western world. Yeah. So it's it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's sort of the, the funny thing <laughs> is, that, is that a lot of in a lot of countries we we are really held up as the poster child, but it's kind yeah. of. I mean, the grass is always greener. We, we, you, there's, there are many people out there that would argue that super contributions should be legislated to be more than nine and a half percent. There are many yeah. people out there that, should, that argue that it should be less than that. There are many people that argue that government should have less, less influence, more yep. influence. You, you can make an argument for any different thing. The reality is, though, it is what it is. It is, it is what it is. And look, the people that are listening now, um, you're in that age bracket where you were probably late to the party yeah. in terms of when you started to get yeah. superannuation. So for some people listening, they're in the stage where they didn't get superannuation until uh, they yeah. were age 30 or yeah. thereabouts. Yeah. So that's a long time. Like that doesn't seem like a lot, a lot of a long time that 10 years to miss out because they've still got between 30 and age 65, let's say, yeah. Yeah. where they've had super. But we know that that compounding effect of that extra ten years of money going in yeah. is is huge. It's a huge amount. So, yeah. so it's in one of those. Um, the people yeah. listening right now are in are generally in that in that bracket where they yeah. haven't got they they weren't entitled to receive superannuation straight yeah. from the the get go when yeah. they started to work. And that, so um, yeah, it, it it's. It's certainly the envy of the Western world, our retirement system. That's there, good, it's still not enough. No, it's still not enough. Well, for that's a good point. I think with you know, I, I said about we plan for our parents' retirement. Mm. Is that if you if you're 55 now, you're probably looking at your 85 year old parents and and thinking about their retirement. Or alternatively, what you're doing is you're looking at your 25 year old kids who have mm. 
have had super all their life and their super contribution rate is going to 12% over you know, some period of time. So you, look, you could look down at your, at your kids and, and go, well, they're going to have, if they just get their employer contributions going, they'll have enough to live on. So hmm. it's, I guess, the same argument there. It doesn't matter whether you, look, whether you look backwards at your kids or whether you look forward at your parents. Either way, you could convince yourself that it'll be fine based on that. But the reality is you're not, you're not going to be retiring at the time when they, when they were or when they are. Yep. You have to take ownership of where you are now based on the rules as they are now and what you can do over the next five or ten years. Absolutely. So um, apart from this being, uh, I, I guess there's no other practical no. things that we'll discuss because we've got uh, numerous podcasts that you yep. can go back and listen to. Yeah. Uh, to talk about the practicalities of this, yep. but but certainly it's one of those things. And I think if you are listening, you've probably already accepted this yep. that that number one, mm. um, it's not something the government takes care of. No. They'll only get us part of the way. The legislation will only get us part of the way to yep. where we need to be. Yep. Uh, and number two, um, uh, if you just take more of an interest yep. in your retirement and the and the steps that you need to do to put it into place, yeah, um, then then. Uh, you'll you'll run the the high probability of being yeah, way up there. The, the other point that I'd, I'd make, uh, like before we wrap up as well, is that what I have seen in some situations as well is that uh, for some people who have a financial advisor, and I use the, the air quotes here for financial yeah. advisors, what they may have done is a few years ago is that the, the government they realised that the government wasn't going to take care of them, and they've sort of looked around and, and found a financial advisor and gone, okay, now I can outsource that worry and that's the advisor's job to, to worry about that and make sure I have enough to retire on. Now, you really want, if you're gonna do that, you wanna make sure that you, that you have a financial advisor who is actually making you accountable and making, you, making sure that you are making the hard choices that you need to make. It's, it's what we've seen a lot is people go, well, I've got a financial advisor and once a year they send me a, a, a nice colorful report and, yeah. and that's fine because it's now their responsibility and their problem. I guess this is the, the other thing that I'm, I'm here to tell you that, that may not be the case. You might have an advisor who everything is, is on track and they have made you do all the right things, but if you're not having these conversations with your advisor on a regular basis about what trade-offs you need to make, what you might need to give up, whether you are on track to meet your retirement goals, all yeah. those kinds of things. If you're not having those conversations with your advisor, you don't really have an advisor. Absolutely, and look, we can tell you that that a very small percentage of people that we see need to do nothing. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. most people <laughs> that we right. see, yeah, yeah. If you, and, and, what I, and, and what I'm talking about when I say nothing, yeah. um, what I mean by that is that very few people yeah. um, can just rely on their employers nine point five percent going into their super fund yeah. and just invest that money a bit better, and they'll yeah. and, and they'll so, solve all their retirement problems. Yeah. For ninety nine point nine percent of people that we see, yeah. Um, they actually have to give up some money. Yeah, they have to do uh, something. In yeah. the last 10 or the last 15 years of their retirement to put into their, yeah. into their superannuation fund to get to them to where they need to be. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's probably one of the red flags that you would see if your advisor is um, having a discussion with you or not having a discussion with you yeah. and then not making you give up anything yeah. and not talking about those trade-offs yeah. and that's a red flag for us. Yeah, that's right. I think that's, it's, a, it's an easy thing. Um, we've talked about this. As an advisor, it would be a very easy thing to just sell sell the dream to people and just say, "Oh yeah, it'll all be okay. You'll be fine. Just keep 
keep doing what you want and don't worry about it. It's too late by the time by the it's, time that, it's that too person late. realizes that you've been sort of patting them on the back and and not actually making them make the hard choices. Yeah, they 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 don't have the chance to go back and redo it. No, absolutely so, not. Yeah, that that's I guess the other thing is that if you if you're not sure if you're not sure whether you're going to be on track and and you've got an advisor who you think is responsible for that, it might be worth having that conversation with them to go well. Am I on track? Am I, am I not? Am I doing everything that I possibly can to take ownership of my situation? Well, better still have that conversation with us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, look, reach out to us at podcast at mo50.com.au. Yeah. We, um, um, look, we don't sugarcoat things, but, we, but we're also practical as well. So, yeah. um, we would, we're great for a second opinion. Yeah. So, people come to us and say, yeah, we have another advisor. Yeah. Um, we're the first to put our hand up and say, hey, look, yeah. When we look at it, yeah. if if they're doing a good job, we'll yeah. say that they're doing a good That's job. That's right. Yeah, like we're not in the situation of of trying to to siphon business off from someone no. else. No, like That's we, right. we, if if, if their advisor is doing a good job, I think. Yeah, but again, we we will also point out, okay, well, there's stuff here that you're not taking advantage of that that yeah. makes sense for us. Yeah. To take advantage of, yeah. um, you know, um, you should go back to them and ask them why they're not yeah. taking advantage of this for you. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. So. Yeah, if, you, if you'd like a second opinion, podcast at mo50.com.au. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.